Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. And we are live. Well, not live because obviously this is pre-recorded. Sorry, that's not a great way to start a podcast, is it, guys? Um, We're live. We're we're, we're... (laughs) We're not live. We're dead. We're we're not not live. We're we're really not live. So sorry about that. Anyway, uh, welcome to episode 68 of the Banter Roundtable podcast here with uh, with Justin and Bob. Um, Bob, good to have you back. Uh, Oh, thanks so much, man. Had a a hell of a week, my friend. And, uh, you know, um, you've talked about this on your show, uh, but you had a family emergency and um, I think everyone, all the readers, everybody, all the listeners are all pretty worried, uh, concerned about you. Some, um, you know, I don't know how much you want to share or anything like that, but but you're, you're, back, you're back and you seem to think that everything yeah, is yeah. a bit calmer than it was before. Yeah, it, things are getting better. My dad had a stroke uh, last Friday at about the same time as we were about to record uh, this podcast. And so I had to uh, jump away and race down to the emergency room. It was a pretty bad stroke. It was uh, one of those strokes that uh, affects his speech and his ability to understand speech. Still, he can physically get around and and, uh, he still has the strength. It doesn't doesn't look like he had a stroke, but when you talk to him, it's it's very obvious. So it's going to be a long recovery and uh, lots of changes in in his life. And uh, it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking situation to be in. It's like uh, I describe it as like, you know, suddenly he's got dementia overnight. Not not a gradual descent, but just like goes to bed normal, wakes up the next morning, dementia. Mm. So there it is. Gosh, well, but I want to thank everybody for their support, though. Seriously, I mean, uh, you know, it was a, an amazing thing uh, being at the hospital and seeing everyone's uh, comments come up, and um, certainly on my Patreon page and on Twitter and and uh, on the you know on the banter and so on it was just it was wonderful and, and certainly was immensely helpful so i appreciate all of it we, we we've got some really nice uh, uh subscribers i think uh, you know i'm sure basically our audiences now are kind of pretty much the same thing now um yeah <clears throat> but they're pretty awesome uh you know like i, I was blown away when i you know suffering with, through my anemia stuff um mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's great. It's great to know that actually people who listen to us kind of really do. Uh, they like us, I think, or they care yeah, about yeah. us. That's well, so funny. Nice. This morning, I said to Kimberly, I was saying, "Yes, uh, we've got the banter podcast this morning," and I said, uh, "Ben's been fighting anemia." And Kimberly, I guess because we've got fans on in the room or something like that, Kimberly said, "What did you say? Did you say Ben Cohen's fighting the media?" And I said, well, yeah, that too. He's fighting <laughs> anemia and the media at the same time. <laughs> but that was a funny uh, misunderstanding. Yeah, I'm not sure if that can be, me- me- uh, that's a medical condition, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> fighting the media, I would say it is. Uh, speaking well, from personal experience, it, 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 it is. certainly it's, affect your health. It, it really <laughs> that's right. Does. 
really does. Well, look, speaking of which, we are we're, we're going to be fighting the media a bit today. Uh, we do have a, a, a great show for you today. Um, many, many topics of interest. Uh, we have uh, today, we're going to be talking about Wisconsin. Um, yeah. We actually talked about this last week on the podcast, but the uh, we've been having, we've basically been sort of, I don't know what's happening to our podcasting software, but we, we're on podcasting software uh, company number three now in the space of like two months hmm. uh, because it keeps messing up the audio. Um, so we're on a different podcasting software uh, right now. So hopefully this isn't, we're not going to have any audio problems, but I couldn't salvage the podcast from last week. So we're going to be talking about Wisconsin. Justin did a, a huge piece on it this week which is an absolute must-read. So you absolutely have to read Justin's piece on Wisconsin. And it's why good news, I swear. <laughs> absolutely. We're, it's terrible for the Republicans, but we're going to go over that today as well, right? So listen to what we have to say and read Justin's, Justin's piece so you get a true understanding of just how shit this is for the GOP. Um, we also have Trump's Tucker Carlson interview, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we've got some funny <laughs> clips of that. We'll be talking about that. Uh, we also have uh, the Orange Man's five hundred million dollar lawsuit against Michael Cohen. Bob, you have some. You have some thoughts. Uh, oh yes, I do. It's as dumb as you might think it is. It yes. is absolutely one of the dumbest things ever. And but obviously, it has a specific intent that is different from actually winning the lawsuit. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, we have that. We have both sides today as well. Uh, some truly appalling examples of Republican extremism that we are used to highlight why both sides are not the same. Um, you see, it's like an ironic segment, right? When we <laughs> both sides, I don't have to explain this every week, but uh, it's for the new people here who, who may, maybe think that we are saying that both sides are the same. No, both sides no. are not the same, and we're going to prove it to you. And then uh, we're going to go into the emergency meeting, where this is kind of a part two. Last week, we had a whole... Uh, the part of the podcast that we were able to, to, to salvage was the Matt Taibbi the in-depth Matt Taibbi piece um, on with, with uh, the, him being absolutely destroyed by Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC, which was one mm-hmm. of the absolutely spectacular destruction of Matt Taibbi. But it got very, very bad for Taibbi this week. Very bad. I covered this in a members-only piece, uh, but there are more details to the story. We're going to be going into that, into the emergency meeting. <clears throat> where Elon Musk and Matt Taibbi have had a huge breakup. Uh, it's pretty funny kind of sad in a lot of ways too i understand that you're very very broken up about it ben yes you're very sad about the whole thing yeah bob's gonna do a psa for us as well (laughs) uh, uh, before we get into the emergency meeting so please join us in the emergency meetings for phantom members you can get a phantom membership 60 percent off and you can get access to everything we do um and we look forward to you being there too and uh Look, just before we get going, I want to quickly talk about um, Substack Notes. This ties into the emergency meeting as well, right? Because this is kind of what caused the big breakup between Elon and uh, Matt Taibbi. But there is a new social media network in town, and it is on Substack, right? Substack released it this week. I was given access to the beta version of it beforehand, so I've been playing with it for a while. Uh, It's very... This is, I think, probably... In my opinion, this is about as close to the best. This is a Twitter killer. It really is, right? Because um, 
it is a space where, at least in the beginning, writers were just, Substack writers were just kind of, you know, it was a network for Substack writers, but now they've opened it to anyone. So you can sign up for a profile and follow your favorite writers, which hopefully should be us at this point. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, you can create your own profile. You can, you know, write your own notes. There are no ads on, on Substack notes, none, right? There are no funky algorithms uh, the profit incentive is not there. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's no Elon Musk behind this or, or Mark Zuckerberg um, using it to benefit themselves by collecting anyone's data. So the profit motive is obviously, you know, the incentive is there for the people who have substacks like like we do, right? For you to at some point subscribe to the newsletter. But you don't have to. You don't have to subscribe to anybody's newsletter, um, or you can subscribe to them for free, but you can just follow people you like, read what they have to say. And if you like them, you know, sign up to the newsletter and, you know, pay them. That's how Substack gets paid. But I, I think it's sort of a much more honest, transparent business model for a social media network. And uh, I think Elon Musk gave it huge amounts of publicity for all the wrong reasons. So it got it kind of went off to a really good start. So I highly recommend um, everybody sign up to Substack Notes and get a profile there. I just have a play around with it. See what you think. I mean, there's, there's some other really good ones. Um, Spoutable uh, Post uh, is is another good one. I'm using Post quite a bit. Uh, Bob, I know you you like you really like Spoutable. And, oh uh, yes, yes. I'm on Post too. I'm using Post actively as well. I'm kind of pegging Post as kind of an alternative to Facebook, where Spoutable is an alternative to Twitter. So it's kind of kind of that sort of dynamic. I think that's yeah. maybe the intention too. I don't know, but it seems like post is a little bit more like facebook where spoutable is obviously a lot like twitter so and much better than twitter i should add much better reach uh much better experience no algorithmic bullshit no uh ridiculous ceo making an ass of himself being a douchebag all over the place so yeah lots of reasons to like spoutable gee i thought the ceo was uh the elon musk's cat <laughs> I, I thought that was the latest know. the latest thing it was it, it's his cat yeah God, yeah. he's the worst. He, he, he is. Really is. Um, but look, so I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know there's another one I'm, I'm sort of plugging, uh, but, but I do think that Notes is, is excellent. It's really, really good. Very clean. Um, very easy to use. So please get on that if you can, and on you know, which, whichever one you prefer. But I, I would highly recommend Notes. Uh, but that being said, let's get going. Uh, Wisconsin, Justin, your piece this past week on why this is a. A spectacular. Can you just give us a brief summary? Because I, I, I read your piece with I hadn't quite understood how significant this is. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty bad. <laughs> the, the the way I thought about it was like if I if I went to Chat B, Chat GPT and said design an election that could was worse as terrible as possible for Republicans, it would be hard pressed to come up with something worse than this, what just happened last week for for the GOP. So basically what you're looking at is uh, Wisconsin is a heavily, I mean, super heavily gerrymandered state. It's one of the most gerrymandered states in the country in a 50-50 state because Wisconsin is very purple. So in a 50-50 state, they send out of their eight uh, congressional representatives, they send six Republicans. That's how gerrymandered it is. They have a supermajority in the Senate. 
um, in the state Senate, even though, again, it's a 50-50 state for the most part, and they control the House. I, I don't know the number in the House, but I'm pretty sure it's a very large majority because that's just how badly gerrymandered the whole state is. Um, and they have a huge amount of voter suppression. They have a huge amount of um, like voter ID laws and all sorts of restrictions. And it's just ridiculous what they've been doing there since 2010. Is, no, 2008 is when they took over the Supreme Court. 2010 is when they took over the state legislature. And they've just been running rampant since then, making it the, one of the most inhospitable to democracy states since then. Okay? But <laughs> last week, despite pouring in more money into a Supreme Court, because uh, they, they elect their Supreme Court justices, a bunch of states do that, Um they poured more money into this one race, and it was just one. It was just you know one seat they were filling. It wasn't like multiple seats. It was just one Supreme Court race. They poured more money into that than into a Senate race, not a state Senate race, an actual United States Senate race. Way more money. They poured over fifty million dollars into this one race, and they lost by a lot. Biden won Wisconsin by less than a point. Um, the Democratic candidate, Judge Janet, whose last name I will not dare to try to pronounce because I will <laughs> mangle it, um, she beat the Republican, Daniel Perry, by 11 points, which is massive. I mean, that's I mean that's way, way outside what normally happens in Wisconsin. Like, they've all their elections have been decided by within a couple of points in the last, like, decade or so. He got crushed so that tilted the supreme court back to the left which means abortion is going to stay legal in wisconsin which is the next case that was coming up that was a big one that they were really republicans are really pinning their hopes on they're going to uh there's going to be a, a case immediately almost immediately is going to challenge the gerrymandering for both the house seats and the state legislature and that's going to be absolute crushing for Republicans because they're going to lose a huge amount of their unearned power. There's going to be um, lawsuits because one of the first things Republican Governor Scott Walker did back in the day was dismantle unions in the state. So they're going to start working on, on doing that. And unions were a huge source of power for um, the Democratic Party in Wisconsin. They're going to undo the... the, the the voter suppression as much as possible. Now, again, Wisconsin's a very purple state, so it's not like it's going to swing blue all of a sudden, but it's going to be a huge problem for Republicans. But the big deal here, right, aside from all of that, which is like, oh, my God, that's huge. The hugest problem for Republicans is that they were counting on the Supreme Court being as far right as possible in order to hand this state to Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, but let's let's not get ourselves. It's going to be Donald Trump in 2024. Wisconsin is the only state that came close to doing that for the 2020 election. Like their Supreme Court was one vote away from act. Like they, they you know, they ruled on this and one vote away from actually starting to work on overturning the results in Wisconsin. And the guy that was running, Daniel Perry, he was. He got kicked off the Supreme Court like he lost an election and he was trying to get back on. But he would have very much voted 
to overturn the results of the election. He's an election denier, like an uh, out and proud election denier. He, um, he was one of the people who advised Republicans on their election um, scheme, the, um, the uh, fake elector scheme that Republicans were running in Wisconsin. So he absolutely would have gone on there and voted to overturn any results that showed Republicans losing in 2024. This is would have been a huge, huge problem. So him not being there and the court being to the left means Wisconsin is off the board. I mean, they could still win it legitimately, right? But that's not something Republicans tend to do. <laughs> when they have the opportunity, it's either they win it illegitimately or they don't win it at all. So they just took Wisconsin off the board for one of their places where they can cheat and rig the election. And Wisconsin's a big deal. Wisconsin's one of the important swing states, and they needed that. So this was a huge kick in the balls for the GOP. So last Tuesday, people kind of realize it's a big deal. I don't know if they understand how big a deal it was. So, yeah, that was it. last week was a really good week for us, really bad week for Republicans. Yeah, and I think one, one of the things you're, you, you wrote in your piece about this is a harbinger for kind of what's to come for the GOP, right? It's like there's a this demographic thing as well, the, the, the makeup of the votes, the, yeah. those who came out to vote, th- this should, the GOP should really be freaking out about this. Yep, it was women. It was pissed off women, it was pissed off millennials, and it was uh, pissed off um, Zoomers. And again, uh, that's right, this is something I I didn't mention this. Um, Trump was not on the ballot any way, shape, or form. He did not, like, he, he, Trump, sorry, Trump backed Daniel Perry in his last election. He Mm. was not present for this election at all. Like, he wasn't backing this guy. He wasn't talking about him on social media. Trump was not present in Wisconsin. He didn't go out to campaign with him. Nothing at all. Trump was not here for this. So people did not go out and vote against Trump. They voted against the Republican Party. This, this, this 11-point loss was not an anti-Trump vote at all. It was an anti-Republican. Republican vote. And that should scare the shit out of Republicans because it's been a couple of years since uh, they overturned Roe and voters are still really, really angry about that. Like really angry. And Republicans are still pursuing anti, um, anti-abortion restrictions everywhere as they can. And they just don't seem to be learning that lesson that this is a loser for them. This is a huge political loser. Everywhere is that they 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 have they don't completely control the state and the vote, they're getting slaughtered for their anti-abortion stance. And Wisconsin is showing them just how bad this is gonna go for them next year. But they're not stopping, so go for it. Keep fucking around, and you're they're gonna find out. I want to add something to the Wisconsin story that uh, I, I hate to be the Debbie Downer guy in the group about. Bob, uh, Bob. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. No, but... Stop, stop, Bob, stop, stop. No, we were having such a good time. <laughs> oh. Well, this is crappy news that, that and I blame, I, let's say, I partially blame the fact that sometimes Democrats get wrapped up into 
marquee races on the ballot and then um, end up forgetting about the other races and maybe not voting in the other, you know, sort of down ballot races, so to speak, even though everything's kind of down ballot in that election and that special election. But regardless, uh, the Republicans now, as of that, as of last Tuesday's special election, um, now have a supermajority in the state Senate, which means they could impeach the Democratic governor. They could actually impeach uh, Janet if they wanted to. Uh, and so that's bad news. They've got they now have 22 seats in the 33 seat chamber. And that also gives them the ability to override vetoes. Uh, they don't have yet a supermajority in the state assembly, which is the state version of the House in Wisconsin. Uh, but they're only two seats away from that. So they're so damn close to having super majorities in both chambers of the state legislature. Now they already have it in the Senate. They're on their way to getting it in the uh, state assembly. So that's really bad news. And the lesson here is God damn it. Democrats state legislatures. We need to start focusing primarily on state legislatures, not the presidency, maybe not even Congress to an extent, but the focus, the priority has got to be now state legislatures. All of the worst shit is happening in state legislatures, and we're dropping the ball on that front. Obviously, there are a lot of great uh, activist groups. Sister District, for example, focuses on state legislatures. But beyond that, it just doesn't get the sexy attention that some of the national seats, the national races get. And we need to change that. The Republicans have been focusing on state legislatures for decades now mm. with obvious results. We see it now. And so this is something we need to reprioritize just uh, by way of <laughs> a semi-emergency in Wisconsin. And, and that is something I did get into in the article because it, it's the, the Wisconsin's a microcosm. Right. Yeah. Uh, of what's going to happen for going forward. Now, the Republicans do not take losing power well, at, no. as we've seen. So they're facing uh, get they're facing a total loss of power in Wisconsin, not a total loss because it is a 50 50 state. So if they were to bother to actually run real campaigns and actually try to broaden their appeal beyond angry white men. They can win in Wisconsin. It is a 50-50 state for the most part. But they haven't had to do that in a decade, and they're not really good at talking to people outside their bubble, and they haven't had to do it for a very long time. So that's going to be a challenge for them. So what Republicans tend to do when faced with actually having to put in the work is they tend to try to destroy the system instead. So we need to pay very close attention to what they do in Wisconsin. How fucking crazy are they going to get? How insane are they going to go? Are they going to actually try to impeach uh, Judge Janet? Are they going to try and impeach some of the other liberal justices just to open up the seats so they can try and rig the entire Supreme Court in their favor again? Um, if they get, if they go to those levels of extreme, of extremity, that's something we need to know and understand because we're, we are facing, if we win in 2024, if we win the White House in 2024, uh, and we win again in 2028, we are looking at taking back the Supreme Court because Scalia, not Scalia, 
Uh, yes. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, who am I thinking of? Oh, my God. Thomas. Thomas and Scalia. Sam Alito. Thank you. Yes, Scalia's the one that already died. Alito and <laughs> Thomas are really old, and they're yep. going to either die or retire sometime between now and 32, which means if we have the win the next two elections, we take back the Supreme Court, which means Republicans are going to go as crazy, if not more so, than the Wisconsin GOP. And that's something we need to really, truly understand because we did not we didn't grasp that concept in 2016, and we let them steal both a Supreme Court seat and an election because they understood they were at risk of losing the Supreme Court, and they did crazy shit to hold on to it, and we didn't really get that. So we let it happen, and we cannot let that happen again. So we need to pay very close attention. How crazy are they going to get in Wisconsin? Are they going to do those things? And we need one, we need to stop them. And two, we need to be prepared to stop them on the national level as well. Because if they're that crazy in Wisconsin, they will absolutely be that crazy on the national level. So, yep. you know, there's that. So, okay, mixed news. <laughs> I mean, good, good, right. But I mean, look, it, it, it does seem fairly significant. And uh, it, I would be more worried about but Republicans, I think, would be freaking out about this more than. Democrats would be right. This is like not good. the 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 winds are, seem to be changing. It's bad That's, news for them, but how it, are they going to react? Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. But it, it, you know, I didn't think like when Roe versus Wade happened, the repeal of Roe versus Wade. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't quite understand how badly this was going to screw Republicans. Like when you've got Donald Trump saying this is a bad idea. Right, right. He, <laughs> even he understood it. Yeah, even Donald Trump understood this was this was terrible for Republicans. So I think we're kind of playing this out. We're seeing this out. The more extreme they get, the worse the backlash is. You know, if, at some point, it's a delayed reaction. But um, you know, that's why I'm not too worried about 2024. I really, I mean, I know I should be. I know Bob, you're always saying don't get happy, but I'm not that worried. I'm, the, the, we have, there's so many talking points. There are so many. All you have to use is Roe versus Wade. You say, look, you guys yeah. cut, got rid of abortion. Like, that's the future that this is the future that the GOP wants for you. They want to turn women into, you know, basically chattel. This is like, you can't, um, there are very, two very clear options. You have uh, women's rights, reproductive rights with the Democrats, or you have essentially going back to the 18th century um, with the GOP. Two very clear visions for for the country. So I think they've screwed themselves very, very badly. So oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. If they could stop fact, talking about it, if they could stop talking about it, they might they might could just keep their heads down and be like, oh, la, 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 I don't want to talk about it. But they can't shut up. They just right. can't do it. There's so many yeah. of them that are just like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we're, no, no, we're going to go forward with a national abortion ban. It's like, wow, you guys just, you're just not done slitting your own throat. But please, yeah, that's what they do. That's what Donald Trump does every damn day by screaming about all of his legal predicaments. Yep, it's like here's the night. Ignore that instead of constantly reinforcing the fact that you're being accused of multiple crimes across many jurisdictions. It's madness. I mean, this goes back to when he was president. I'm like, why the fuck are you saying this? There's a reason why previous administrations would always say it's not the policy of this White House to comment on an ongoing investigation. It was just like that is written for you for a reason. 
<laughs> and he refuses to do that. So no wonder his favorability rating right now is 25%. There, there's a 15-point deficit between Donald Trump and Joe Biden right now, and that's if you're giving Joe Biden the absolute lowest approval rating that you can find, about 40%. So given that gigantic gap, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about 24. I do think that we need to treat Donald Trump as the existential threat that he is. That remains. There's always an outside chance that somehow he finds more votes. I don't think he will, but we still have to bring all the energy the same way we did in, in 2022 and 2020 and 2018. That has to repeat and, in fact, build. Because Donald Trump is uh, going to, if he gets into office, he's never going to leave. That's the Republican intention. We have to behave as though those are the stakes. So knowing that, um, it, it, it's it, that all that being said, what we're talking about here is probably a Joe Biden reelection. But fingers crossed, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It, you know, I'm not going to fall into the trap of underestimating Trump ever again, ever. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not. You know, you can be confident, right? But you could, you can't be, you can't be complacent, right? I think that's the lesson that we've we've learned. And the guy is like an, the guy is an expert at coming back from the dead. Like he really is. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I don't want to make this whole thing about Trump 2024, but it is going to be Trump 2024. I'm all my, I would put. Yeah, all the money on that. That Ron DeSantis is not going to stand up to him. Um, it's going to be entertaining as hell watching them rip chunks out of each other, which they're already doing, which Trump is already doing. Um, but I don't think DeSantis is going to is going to win. Um, the Trump has, you know, he's got the cult members. But so this guy is the, going to be the nominee, and got to watch out. You know, the, the, everybody's busy rehabilitating his image now. Look, which brings us to the next bit of the podcast, right? I've got a couple of clips for you. Um, this was um, this was Donald. This was Donny Boy on uh, his favorite friend, the guy who said he hated him. Um, so uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson, those released text messages in the Dominion lawsuit, where um, Tucker Carlson talked about hating Trump passionately. Well, he doesn't hate him so passionately anymore, apparently, because uh, he sat down with him on Fox to have a, a, an extended interview, which was fucking bonkers. Um, but here we go. Here's uh, I'm going to play a couple of clips. Here's the first one. They were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. Uh, they'd say 2024, sir, 2024. And tears are pouring down. There is. I've never seen anything like that. Those people are phenomenal. Those are your police. Yep. Those are the people that work at the courthouse. They're unbelievable people. Uh, Many of them were in tears or close to it. Uh, many apologists were sorry, sir. We're sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very believable. Yeah. Yeah. If one okay. thing New Yorkers are known for, it's being very emotional and crying on demand. That's yeah, so that's a New York thing. It's just he lives in a sort of reality of his own making, right? He really does yeah. have a sort of a totally sort of it's just make-believe world that he 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 exists in, and then goes out on Fox. You know, obviously Tucker Carlson's not gonna gonna um, give him any challenge whatsoever. 
where he can just freestyle. But it was a disaster, right? Because Trump went pure freestyle on Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. Tucker. Here we are. There's a hit. We'll keep going. A big problem is nuclear warming when nobody even talks about it. The environmentalists talk about all this nonsense in many cases. Look, I'm an environmentalist also, I guess, in my own way, because I've done a good job with the environment. But nobody talks about nuclear. The problem, the problem we have, the biggest problem we have in the whole world, it's not global warming. It's nuclear warming. And all it's it takes nu- is nuclear people. warming, what, did he what, say? What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> is he talking about when you microwave your testicles? Is that the Tucker Carlson thing? He's, is that what he's talking about? <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. exactly right. There's such an issue with microwaves, the nuclear microwaves. They're so hot. You put your testicles in there and they heat up in 10 seconds. It's amazing. It's absolutely, I can do it in five. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you should, you've got to see the clip, right, to watch Tucker Carlson's face on this. It's, it, Tucker Carlson is looking at him like, like, even Tucker Carlson is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why do I have to do this? Did he Why confuse I... nuclear winter? Did he fuck nuclear winter yes, up? Is that what he was talking about? Yes, yes, he did. That's what he was thinking of. That's what he was running through in his, his worm infested brain. But the other the other thing real quick before we go past the crying people at the Manhattan criminal courthouse that he's told that same story about dozens of other situations. Right. Like it was a it was a big, strong man, a powerful man, a macho guy. And he was saying, oh, my God, tears coming down his face. I'm so sorry, Mr. Trump. I'm so sorry. And it's just like everywhere he goes. It's like the sir stories during his rallies. Sir. You know, that whole nonsense. It's like whatever situation Donald Trump's in, he's got like off the shelf stock lies that he tells in every circumstance. And so in this circumstance, there were, you know, it's just another repeat of the crying macho guy story. Didn't he say something about this when he was on the plane down from, from coming up from Florida where everyone on the plane was crying and saying that they were so sorry this was happening to him? Didn't he say something about that, too? Eric Trump has told that story. Oh, okay. I was was flying from somewhere to somewhere. And as I was boarding the plane, people were like chanting USA, USA. And there were people crying and saying, we're so sorry about what's happening to your dad. And oh, my God. It's It's just they they all tell the same lies. Yeah, yeah. You think someone whipped out a cell phone and uh, taken a video of that. But yeah. Well, remember, there's 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 a, a variant of that story that has been told since maybe the 2020 like maybe before the 2020 election where you remember people like candace owens and charlie kirk would get online and say i just came from a very liberal coffee shop and there were a bunch of democrats Ah. talking about how they're walking away from the party and they're going to vote for trump now yes yes the coffee shop yeah they would retell that same story in many different contexts but it was the same fucking story it's like they're all handed talking points. Okay, change. It's like Mad Libs. Change out the nouns in this, so it it sounds a little different, but it's the same story. Oh my God, yeah. And and I, people I, are I, eating I, it up. I, Seventy-four million people voted for him. Then listen, they're 
We have a seriously malfunctioning bullshit detector in this country. 74 million people, their ability to detect bullshit has completely fucking zotzed out. They've got like in, in place of their bullshit detector, it's just the blue screen of death. That's it. I don't know what the, I, I wish I knew what the hell was going on with so many people in this country. Are, are they just that susceptible to a scam or is there something else going on that makes them even more susceptible than they would be? I guess it shouldn't be surprising given the amount of money people give to televangelists and traveling faith healers and so on, you know, because the Republicans are using the same technique to, you know, bilk their followers out of their life savings. It's amazing. It's- there's 74 million people. That means a lot of flipping people, right? Who Yeah, more people than 2016. Right. And it's it's like, look, I don't get, you know, with, with a lot of the Democrats, right? I don't get, you know, uh, kind of, uh, I'm not inspired by a lot of them, right? I'm not inspired by many of the Democratic leaders or the Democratic candidates. Uh, you know, Obama was an inspirational leader, for sure, yeah. right? Hillary Clinton, no. Like, I wasn't, she wasn't particularly inspiring. Um, I was never particularly a fan of Hillary Clinton, uh, but I thought she was fine. And, you know, Joe Biden, I'm not a massive Biden fan. Well, I am, you know, to be honest with you, I think he's done a damn good job, personally. I think he's done a really good job. Um, And he's gone a lot further than than I thought he could have done in terms of policy. So, you know, count me as a kind of a Biden fan now, right? But, you know, is he an inspiring leader? Not really, right? But having said that, you know, my, there are no sort of alarm bells, right? I don't get a kind of like, you, you know, this person is a bad person vibe, right? From 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 any of them, or you know, this person is inherently untrustworthy and they could be a danger to the republic. Uh, with Trump, alarm bells are ringing, right? Alarm bells are ringing, and it's it's extreme. Um, my bullshit detector goes off immediately. You listen to him talking, you're like, this guy's a fraud. This guy's just full of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can't understand why anybody doesn't see this, right? It's like, you know, with the, bo- the whole both sides thing, obviously, which we're going to get into, right? That um, I, I, I can't understand how you could make with a straight face this sort of equivalency between both sides, right? As if yeah. this, this is totally normal. This is a totally normal guy who's just rolling. I mean, okay, so what we were going to talk about next is... Trump's the $500 million lawsuit against Michael Cohen. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, look, Bob, you, you, you were going to talk about this, right? But this is just another example of, it's a totally frivolous lawsuit. It's meaningless. It's pointless, right? Yeah. Um, and a kind of a sign of, it's not, it's not a serious person in any way. You know, mm-hmm. What other Democratic candidates are doing stupid bullshit like this? You know? Yeah, no, they're not. And with this particular thing, this goes back to this lawsuit, just to be clear about what we're talking about with regard to uh, Donald Trump's lawsuit against Michael Cohen. First of all, he's suing him for half a billion dollars, which is just hilariously over the top for a breach of uh, attorney-client privilege. And regarding that, the the alleged breach of attorney-client privilege, Donald Trump is saying that both but that Michael Cohen is violating attorney client privilege while also at the same time saying all kinds of falsehoods about Donald Trump. Uh-huh. So the lawsuit is 
Michael Cohen is saying these things about Donald Trump that are untrue and they and that it therefore violates attorney client privilege. You can't say false thing. You can't. It gives me such a headache. This is so <laughs> nonsensical. You can't you can't be accused of saying something is true and also false at the same time. You can't. It just doesn't work. And, and it it's not the first time Donald Trump has said something like this. It's just like the the crying people at the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse. It's a recycled story. And if you go back to when Donald Trump was president and there'd be a leak from the Justice Department or a leak from the Mueller investigation, some sort of leak about the uh, Russia probe and so on, Donald Trump would get up in front of the press or tweet and say, yes, uh, that's fake news, what was just reported about those leaks. But at the same time, we've got, we have to weed out the leaker for revealing this uh, secret information. Well, no, it can't be, you can't leak a lie. <laughs> you can't leak a falsehood. If, if you're uh, a, 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 an FBI agent and you've got some damning information about the investigation into Donald Trump and you say, yes, Donald Trump... Uh, went to Vladimir Putin's house and, and stayed in his guest house and they sat in a hot tub together. And then uh, Donald Trump comes out and says, oh my God, I can't believe that just leaked that story about the hot tub. We're going to prosecute that guy for revealing uh, secret information about the investigation and that, that it's also fake and that it's also fake news. It can't be both things at the same time. And I'm listening to myself talking about this and I'm like, oh my God, this is like broken the space-time continuum. It's so confusing um but it's true that that's why this lawsuit is going to get thrown out immediately because he's saying it's it's uh it's true but also false <laughs> that's the uh, boiled down that's what the lawsuit says michael cohen is saying falsehoods about me that also happen to be true therefore he violated attorney-client privilege makes no goddamn sense Sure, it does. In his, in his worm-addled brain. His well, worm the reason he's yeah, yeah, but I mean, the reason he's doing it is because he's an a-hole and he wants to punish Michael Cohen. So the idea here is to bury Michael Cohen in legal fees, and this is something that is a tried and true technique. If you're just out for petty vengeance, Glenn Greenwald used to do that to his uh, lawsuit opponents. So he would Glenn Greenwald and his clients would sue people and then Greenwald would bury them in, uh, you know, paperwork and legal fees just to get back. Even if the lawsuit had no merit, you could punish them just by making them rack up a gigantic legal bill. That and doesn't so that's surprise uh, me in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one one thing the, that I should note, I I was I was reading about this before the show began because I was not aware of this lawsuit until right before the show began. Um, there's someone on on Twitter. Her name is Liz Die, who has a whole thread about how stupid the lawsuit is. But mm -hmm. she did point out that um, part of the lawsuit is um, he's Trump is suing Cohen. Because Cohen essentially robbed um, Trump. I know. Who would have thought? Uh, he, Trump had hired, had told Cohen to hire someone to rig a poll. Okay? So Cohen hired someone to rig the poll. He was 
Trump gave was supposed to pay fifty thousand dollars, right? It's supposed to cost fifty thousand dollars to do this. Cohen gave the guy like twelve, thirteen thousand dollars, and then he gave, according to Liz Dye, a single boxing glove he claimed had been worn by a Brazilian MMA fighter. But then he charged Cohen, charged Trump the full fifty thousand dollars for it, right? Whatever, fraud, blah blah blah, etc. But Trump, when he paid him the fifty thousand, did not pay him as a campaign expense. He paid him as a retainer, which is what he did with the Stormy Daniels thing. Hmm. And that's illegal. It was a campaign expense, but he didn't want to see because, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want it to be known that you paid to rig a, a poll. Right. So he tried to cover it up as a retainer, which is illegal. And yet it's all laid out right here in his his lawsuit. He literally explains that's what he did in his lawsuit in a legal document, which wow. Alvin Bragg is going to see. It's public thing. It's a public thing now. And Alvin Bragg gets to introduce this as evidence. It's like, yeah, he's done this. And here he is admitting it. It's like, are you insane? How stupid can you be? You're going to be denying that you committed this one crime and you are literally confessing that you did it a second time. That's astonishing that he's doing this I, I swear to god he has the worst lawyers on the world the worst if i was his lawyer i'd be like you can't possibly have me put this in here you're literally being charged with felonies for this i mean yeah. is this like it's rudy giuliani still on retainer <laughs> that's what, because it made you know saying like this this is uh this does say, it kind of it kind of smells of Rudy Giuliani, but I'm sure that Giuliani's at the bottom of a bottom of a bar somewhere, um, drinking himself into oblivion. But yeah, you got it. You've really got to wonder who who would be, who would in their right mind would want to represent this guy anymore. I, 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 are they even getting paid? Like, it's like if they're not getting paid yeah. up front, it would be like, yeah, I'm not working for you unless you pay me for like two years in advance. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> and of course, he's a billionaire, so apparently he can afford that. Although I, I have my questions about that, but that's for another podcast. Um, well, look, guys, let's go into our both sides. Um, I'm going to go with um, my favorite person in the whole world is um, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, this week, uh, she's been on the rampage this week uh, about basically using everything to um, bolster her Second Amendment argument, right? So th- this is basically uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't really understand anything outside of the context of guns, right? Guns must be the solution to everything. So, like, um, th- there were two tweets that she posted. This was actually t- today when we were recording on Friday, right? She, she The first one is trans. Trans are defeating women in sports, raping women in women's prisons, raping girls in schools and shooting up schools, but the Biden administration wants to blame gun owners and strip gun owners of their God-given right to defend themselves, Protect the Second Amendment, right? Then the next tweet is, uh, crime is skyrocketing and murder, rape and theft is out of control in Democrat cities with strict gun control. But Biden wants you to believe it's the gun's fault. Protect the Second Amendment. And on and on she goes, right? Uh, so I think if you follow Marjorie Taylor Greene on, um, on Twitter, uh, I'm not on Twitter that much anymore, but... When I'm on Twitter, I you know I do follow her account, and it is basically everything that anything that happens somehow gets reduced to uh, Democrats attacking the second Second Amendment. So if you've got 
I don't know, trans people or, or, or one example of a, of a trans person raping someone in prison. Um, therefore, it must be about the Second Amendment, right? It must be about gun ownership because obviously everybody's armed in prison. Um, I don't understand where she's going with this, but it is this like this weird obsession with like th- I think the tweet kind of sums up Marjorie Taylor Greene in in a you know this is her entire raison d'être right about trans women in sports and, and in prisons and shoot and that one school shooting right and this is apparently is an argument for the Second Amendment. Uh-huh. So that's my pick this week is Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene who. Has no other policies other than um, mm. basically loosening gun control. That's it. That's and she... yet somehow she's now like the face of the Republican Party and she's a quote unquote very serious person. She's been <laughs> made into a very serious person by the media, which is astonishing that they're doing this. Yep. Right. What, was, what show was she just on? What She was on with Leslie, Leslie who? 60 Leslie Minutes. Yeah. 60 Minutes. She was on 60 yeah. Minutes. And she was just treated like a regular politician. It's like, no, no, she isn't a regular politician. She's a fucking lunatic. She's, she's a, a fucking lunatic. she's she's a fucking lunatic and she's a moron and you're just treating stuff to mm-hmm. Yeah, she rolled her eyes a few times, but otherwise she was just like, It's just a regular interview. It's like, no, it really wasn't actually. Yeah, I'm just gave her no, the platform. Nobody in the media should be normalizing this woman. Nobody. Nobody. Right? No, no, nobody yep. should be normalizing this woman. I don't agree with given platforming her i really don't i don't think she should be platformed anywhere personally uh but anyway that's my pick for the week is uh, marjorie taylor green who's managed to turn everything into an argument about gun control in america and obviously arguing for more guns everywhere because that's going to solve all the problems how do we solve gun crime more guns yeah that's genius that's it that's how that's what you do well done uh justin your pick this week my friend uh, this has been all over the place, but I, I I need to put my own little added bit to it. Missouri State Senator Mike Moon. Um, this was this past Tuesday. Now, back in 2018, uh, Missouri passed a law um, raising the age of consent to, I believe it was 16. Previously, it was lower. And 50 Republicans, 50 of them objected to this at the time which is super disturbing in and of itself. It was as, as low as 12 at the time. Um, and still 50 Republicans put up a stink about it. Now, Mike Moon has been, of course, as many Republicans, bitching and moaning about drag shows and trans this and blah, blah, blah. So a Democrat called him out on the floor of the Missouri State House and said, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're bitching and moaning about this and the other. But, you know, a couple of years ago, you put up a stink about raising the age of consent so 12-year-olds couldn't get married to adults. So Missouri State Senator Mike Moon just decided to double down on this and be like, well, you know, I I know. Do you know any 12-year-olds that have been married? I do. And guess what? They're still married and they're happy, which is a super disturbing concept. It's like it's it's just not it's not just that he said it. It's that he it's not that he backed it a few years ago. It's that he's still supporting it. Now, after the public bitched and moaned about this, he walked it back a bit and said, no, 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 no. I meant it was two 12 year olds that got married because, you know, they'd had sex. They got married. They got pregnant. And then they got married with their parents consent. And they're still married today and they're happy, which sounds a little dubious. 
because, you know, he didn't clarify that at the time. He just kind of blurted it out. And it kind of feels like a made up story now that, you know, he people kind of pointed out. It's like you're talking about a kid marrying it. Oh, that's not what I meant. But this it, I've written about this a couple of times. We've talked about it a couple of times in the show. This is a thing on the right. And it's a thing that is just getting worse. They do not see a problem with kids getting married. And it is very infrequently two kids getting married. It is far more frequently an adult marrying a kid. Overwhelmingly an adult male marrying a female child. Not a 17-year-old, not a 6-year-old, like 15, 14, or younger. Because there's something wrong with these people. And it's getting worse. And there is nothing like this on the left. This is not a, well, you know, a little bit here, a little bit. There's no Democrats that back this. I have not seen a single Democrat making this argument at all. And it's just, there's hundreds of them on the right doing this. It is a thing that's getting worse. Right. It really is. And it's kind of sad that we have to cover this stuff, but... You know, it's getting worse and worse. It really it, is. It's going to be mainstream in the, within a decade. Yep. And yep. I don't even know where to go from there. Yeah, my, my wife keeps trying to make me watch the Handmaid's Tale thing. And I, I can't do it because it's just too... <laughs> I, I, same thing. I want to watch it, but it's just like... It's I, we're gonna be... it's kind of, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's happening. It, at the same time that we're getting, you know, chat G, GPT and um, AI is basically we'll be able to like upload avatars of ourselves into artificial intelligence clouds um, for the future. At the same time, Republicans are trying to turn, you know, <laughs> send us back to the 17th century. Uh, it's fucking mental. Um, oh, six, uh, 18th century. Sorry, um, uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Bob, your your pick this week. Yeah, I've got a couple of dumb shits to mention here in, in this context. First of all, uh, while we're talking about uh, uh, the governor of Mississippi and the senator from Alabama, but we're going to start with the uh, what are we what are we looking at here? Yes, we're going to look at the governor of Mississippi first, who signed a proclamation declaring Confederate Heritage Month. Oh Jesus Christ! And yeah, that's problem number one. Problem number two, it's signed this way. Done in the city of Jackson on the 31st day of April in the year of our Lord, 2023, and of the independence of the United States of America in 200, uh, the 247th. There is no 31st day of April, Tate Reeves, you fucking idiot. So I just wanted to mention that first. Declaring fuck up in his Confederate Heritage Month declaration. So yes, I think there it should be, you know, maybe there it should be a proclamation that's dated April 31st, so as to make it non-existent. <laughs> and then and then there's uh Senator Tommy Tuberville, who was unable to identify the three branches of government, even though he's a United States senator. While giving a comment on an unrelated matter, Tuberville claimed that the three branches of government were the House, the Senate, and the Executive. Ooh. That's wrong. <laughs> that is absolutely absurd and wrong. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. that's just special. That's special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, you know, I, and I wonder, too, whether this is uh, – 
whether they're just dumb shits or they do this deliberately. Like, yes, we're just one of the folks. We do stupid shit too, just like you. I think it's increasingly becoming the, uh, the, 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 not that though, Bob. I think maybe in the past they were pretending to be stupid, but I think now it's kind of gone too far. Like, or, or like, I don't know. It's a hard one, right? It's, it's a difficult one to discern because Marjorie Taylor Greene, the, the, she has a sort of a feral intelligence, right? I, I hate to, you know, she's kind of, she's in the same way that Trump is dumb but has instincts and is smart in, in other ways, right? He has talent. So that Marjorie Taylor Greene has talent as a politician, for sure, but it doesn't make her bright. She's, she's yeah. immensely stupid, um, but talented in the same way that Trump is. So it's quite hard to, you know, maybe they really are that ignorant. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a weird... Um, you know, I, I will just add this before we move on to the uh, to the emergency meeting. But, um, you know, I, I, interv- I spent a lot of time interviewing uh, uh, boxers and fighters back in the day. And I worked as a boxing journalist. And one thing I'd always, I always noticed was how intelligent a lot of them were. Like most of them were very, very smart, right? But not educated. And uh, they had their own type of intelligence, like particularly like in the ring. Um and then they'd say some like crazy shit about like moon landing conspiracy theories or, you, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, particularly in the MMA world. I've met lots of bright people in the MMA world who were just not educated at all. Um, and they fall for people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's weird, like not stupid, but uh, really, really, really not educated. And I don't know whether that's, you know, it's like the jujitsu bro, right? That's a big thing. Like Joe Rogan has spawned like an army of jujitsu pros who who don't know anything but they're not stupid they can string sentences together uh, but they don't know anything and i think that's kind of where we're at now with the gop it's like no nothing right but you're not necessarily stupid so anyway there you go just just a quick thought um but uh you know what that sound is you know what that sound is right that sound that sound means it is time for the emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I've got to do it. Um, but look, so we're going to go into the emergency meeting. We're going to be talking about the like the spat between Elon Musk and Matt Taibbi, which I didn't see this coming at all. Right? Wait, we, we have to, Bob has to do his PSA. Oh, sorry, Bob, where's the PSA? Oh, yeah, Okay. <laughs> Breaking news, there's an official shortage of popcorn in the United States because Ben Cohen is eating all of it while watching Matt Taibbi get his hat handed to him by Mehdi Hassan. News at 11. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's, good, yes. That's the best I can do. That's really good. Um, but yeah, so it, it's getting worse for Matt Taibbi. <clears throat> much, much worse for Matt Taibbi because yeah. uh, he was unceremoniously dumped by Elon Musk just days, just days after Taibbi humiliated himself on Mehdi Hassan's show. He was then dumped by uh, Elon Musk in what one of the kind of craziest it, it, it's been a crazy week in social media and Twitter files bullshit um, so we're going to be talking about that in the emergency meeting it, it, it really was Toby is, is um, I don't know if he's really going to recover from this he's in full on damage limitation mode at the moment but we're going to be talking about this and what happened uh, and why Elon Musk is freaking out right now um, so join us in the emergency meeting podcast. Uh, we're going to head there now. 
You can listen if you become a Bantam member. Bantam members get you can get sixty percent off now. Um, you get access to everything we do. You get access to the emergency meeting podcast. You get access to all of our premium articles and premium chat threads. And you'll be supporting what we do. We're a hundred percent independent. We do not have a benevolent billionaire backer. Uh, we do not run ads, and um, our subscribers keep us going. And we'd like to thank everybody listening. Um, a for listening and B for supporting us so anyway we're going to go to the emergency meeting now and we'll be back next week as well